What's going on, guys? It is your boys, Ryan and Steven, back with another podcast. Today, we decided to bring back um, a former guest and good friend, Cameron Game. Cameron, what's going on, man? Well, shit. Welcome back to the coldest podcast there is, the fucking Fringe. Yeah. Cameron it's good ha- to be back. Cameron has a podcast. Um, I talked about it last podcast. It's called The Fringe. Um, he had some audio issues, <laughs> but... It's got, actually pretty shitty right now. Yeah, he, he had some he has some audio issues, but now that he knows that he actually has to use his interface when recording, um, he'll be good. Yeah, man. Let's just say I'm not that tech savvy. So if you see a number four next to like my fourth podcast, I'm dropping on a- uh, Apple Podcasts. Watch it because the quality will be way better because it'll be after this current one. And he will actually picked up something. So yeah. Um, we decided to bring Cameron back because last time he was on our podcast, it got great reviews. Um, I had a lot of people telling well, me no that, shit. that he he brought a lot to the podcast, and we were like, damn, we need to get this man on the podcast again. Oh, yeah, and Steven here. Steven's here. <laughs> Steven. Oh, yeah. What's up, everyone? <laughs> I just, you're totally you're just such a good him. speaker, bro. Yeah. So uh, how's your uh, new job, Ryan? Oh, yeah. Guys, I got a new job. Um I talked about it a little bit on the last podcast, but yeah, my new job is cool. Um, kind of going in in the world from like working like a normal like teenager job to like an actual like a manly real job, man job. That, that I actually have to um, put time and effort into, and I can't just show up and and work. <clears throat> yeah, and I actually have to learn some stuff. Honestly, so, yeah. like when I got that promotion at my job now. It's like a love-hate relationship because, like, there's so much more responsibility, which is cool and all. I love it. Trust me. Um, love the people. But, like, man, you can't just leave work and just, like, not think about it now. It's, like, yeah. stupid. Like, answering phone calls, Always. emails. Wait, what do you or do, just, like, I'm a, I'm a manager at the Mirage Spa right now. So, yeah. Shit, sure, man. The spa, yeah. salon, the nail tech. So, like, what do you do? Above. Like, like um, other than manage, obviously, do you have to, like... So, I usually close... So I'm like one of the closing managers. Usually it's actually just me or, or another girl. Um, but it's just making sure everything runs smoothly, dealing with guest inconveniences. Because um, I'm, I'm one of the managers at the, of the spa side of it. Like I said, there's a full salon, retail section, even a nail, like uh, manicures, pedicures, everything like that. And we have a barber as well. So typically I'm for the spa, but what happens is you often see yourself closing by yourself. So you, I kind of have to know about all of it. And like I said, it's one, you know, it's one facility. But yeah, so before so, I could just like leave work and be chilling, but now it's like, eh. I gotta worry about shit. What did you do before? I did the same thing. I was a spa attendant, so I just like was just in the spa. And then before that, obviously, I had other jobs, but when I got the, before I got the promotion there, that's what I was doing. Just at the spa? Like, yeah, I was just chilling in the spa, just take care of guests, like within the, uh, the spa area, and that's it. Now I'm kind of like over 18,000 square feet instead, or 40, I don't know. Shit, yeah. man. So well, that's good though. Going from yeah, I like it. Going from like the normal position to management, like was that like a huge like kind of like a shock? Because I know like when I got my new job, the main thing that I like had a problem with was just like the amount of work hours that I was working compared to before, like responsibility and like it all kind of like it all kind of like went in on me and like. 
kind of fucking it went in on wrecked. you. Yeah, it, okay, it so kind of wrecked me for a little bit. So for me, I really, really tried. So once I got that promotion, first of all, I wasn't the first choice for the promotion. I kind of took it because the other guy didn't want to take it because um, he didn't want the extra responsibilities going to med school and whatnot. So he, you know, and he has another job. He's also a physical therapist. So he didn't really need the money per se, like the mm. pay raise or just that stress on his plate. So. To be honest, I wasn't prepared to take because I didn't fill out the application because the guy next to me deserved it more than I did. He had been there longer, and we both could do the job just as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but once he told me that he didn't want to take it, um, and he asked me to take it, I was like, all right, cool. So to be honest, it wasn't much different for me. Obviously, the job aspect of it was, but I stayed the same on a personal level because what kind of sucked is like you're working alongside these people, and then you get a promotion, so you're you know kind of have to be on a different level than them. Or, you know, kind of distance, you know, the personal affairs between you two, you know, for the job per se. But in my opinion, I'm just very careful of what I say to people and who I say it to. Um, so that obviously I don't get in trouble on a management level because I'm not supposed sure, to, you know, yeah. you shouldn't be carrying yourself a certain way. But I also didn't want to change up on people. So I try to stay the same. And uh, yeah, I mean, so far it's working out. I'm not fired. Yeah. <laughs> and like beforehand, obviously you could... Like, as a normal employee somewhere, you kind of have, like, like, it's not really, you're not in that big of a position, so, like, if something happens or whatever, you can just find a new job, and, but, like, now, like, you, it, like, if you do something wrong, you have to worry about finding a new job that also helps you gain the money that you're making now. Yeah, and especially when you work for, so I work for MGM Resorts, even though I work for the Mirage, so MGM literally owns everything on basically the entire strip, they own 19 properties here in Vegas. And that's just hotel properties on the strip. They own other things like golf courses and whatnot. Um, so it's a pretty big deal when you work for a huge company. And if you were to get fired or, you know, mess up in your job, I possibly cannot get a job with that company again, you know, depending on the severity of it. Yeah. Then yeah even if, like, you, like, it's not something that, like, completely takes you away from any other opportunity. You still have to worry about, like, it just showing up in general. oh yeah like if if there was a bad transaction or something yeah it's all and one thing with uh mgm is like everything is keep kept track of but i will tell you it's really really hard to fire somebody so there's probationary periods there's 30 60 and 90 days you get a review on each one of those on your job performance so that you can fix things um and typically we don't fire um or it's hard to fire people once they get outside of their probation because within that 90 days the company feels we should be able to figure out or fix or um, fire somebody before they get out of that probation so it's like super hard you have to document everything so like even if i were to just talk to you like hey ryan you know you did this you know such and such wrong i literally have to document that um otherwise it's just so hard to fire you because i could just say that at the end of the day to hr like hey ryan does this we want to fire him because of this and we've told him before blah blah but they're like okay do you have all the dates and what you said to him and when and like yeah, when he fired yeah. anyone have I? Um, I personally don't get to fire people, but I'm in the process of firing people. Like, if that makes sense. Like, you know, I could come to, you know, because it's a tiered system. So I'm like a tier three manager versus like a tier one. And then we have a director. So the director or the tier one manager, you know, end up doing all the firing. Um, but I could definitely be like, hey, this person's doing this wrong. I've given them their reviews. They seem to not want to fix it. Boom. And they'll, you know, fire them. Damn. You know, we just keep it like mainstreamed, you know. So technically, yeah, I probably could fire somebody, but like it's easier for because there's so much paperwork that goes into it. If they just mainstream it and they do it, so that you know there's not so many hands in the pot. But yeah, 
shit. It's, yeah. it's like yeah. super hard to fire somebody. Like we went through it one time. We tried to fire this girl, and then she like literally came back because I guess we didn't document enough or something. I don't know. But she was she yeah, deserved she, to be fired. Yeah, definitely deserved to be fired. And then all of a sudden, she just like pulls up back at work. Yeah, she fell asleep at work. Damn. Like, so she was a massage therapist. She fell asleep. I'm not going to name drop anyone. This happened a while ago anyways. Yeah, she fell asleep and had a massage appointment, bro, and just never picked up her guest because she was asleep in her massage room. So they fired her for that. And that wasn't her first infraction. Because you get, like, notes to file and then, like, written up and whatnot. But, yeah, they gave her her job back because, you know, our documentation was not correct. Damn. Isn't that shit stupid? We can't just fire somebody? I mean, for something like that, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's super corporate, so... I don't like the whole, like, corporate vibe of something. Like, whenever something, like... If personal opinions and, like, actual experiences can't like, go into the decision of hiring, firing, making promotions, I don't think that that makes sense. I feel like not everything should just, like, be... I think there should be guidelines with companies but i don't necessarily think that all the guidelines have to be exactly how you do things because i feel like yeah there should be leeway and i've i've experienced that firsthand because especially with mgm resorts so which is crazy to me because it's a multi-billion if not hundred billion dollar company and it's insane how cheap they are so when i first started working for them they've always been super super corporate because they own a lot of property so they it's entirely impossible for them to be run by a proprietorship So, at first, I was like, damn, this company really makes you feel like you're needed or, you know, that they care when they employ, you know, 100,000 people. So, you know, the more and more I started working, especially when I got to the management level where, like, I have the decision to come up with new ideas and try and implement new things. And then, you know, obviously, we have to budget for this or get it approved through my superior or whatever. I've, like, noticed that, like, they really don't give a shit. So, like, at first, I thought they were, like, a super dope company and, like, it was super huge and they made you guys feel important as an individual or as, like, a line-level employee. And then, like, once I get to the management level, I know, like, you can't take things out, like, too personal on your managers, especially because, like, there's always somebody above them as well. So, like, even my director, you know, has to get things approved and, you know, if we want to remodel or implement new things. And, like, I'll come to her with idea and I know it's good and whatnot. And, you know, it all comes down to money, honestly. So... Yeah, so we're like stupid under budget this year because we'd be cutting all of our shit, and then we'd be getting complaints. But and also to make the most profit. Yeah, it's not my money though, so you don't have a. That's how it is. Yeah. Yeah, like with my job, it's kind of it's sales. So the more I work and the more I put effort into it, the more money I make. Obviously, because I make commission. Uh huh. And it's hard. I don't say it's hard because it's not like it's not like something that's like super strenuous. And after a while, you kind of understand, like, the flow of things and how things are done. But it's, like, a kind of, like, a shock to me that when I go to work, like, right now I'm in a probationary period, so I'm getting paid hourly, but that doesn't necessarily, uh, like, my paychecks can be way different if I, depending on how much effort I put. And I'm not used to that. Like, I'm used to just, like, showing up for work and just kind of working. Not necessarily not putting effort, because I'm not someone who doesn't put effort, but, Mm -hmm. um, like, showing up to work and then just working and then just getting paid the same regardless of what i do yeah commission jobs are really really good but it's also like it's not a fixed income which kind of sucks in the same sense because like you could really show up to work and not sell anything and then make no money or there's probably a minimum um hourly like if you didn't make over that hourly for the hours work they'll pay you hourly like most jobs do like shoe stores do that massage therapy does that um furniture stores 
you know, like stuff like that. People I work with that sell memberships, they don't get paid that much hourly. And then, yeah, like it all depends on what kind of sale they can make. Like if a family comes in and three of them want a membership, then they make a good amount of money. But like they're just waiting for people to come in or trying to get people to come in. And even so. like, even that that mindset's even in like your personal like training stuff. Like you, yeah. Like you have to, you make money on however many clients you have. Yeah, private clients that you get yourself. Yeah, you, like you don't have, you don't have like a system that just feeds you. No. Clients. Like you meet clients like with LVAC, but then, yeah, it's up to you to get them. Like I mean, I started, like I've been doing it for like ten months or yeah, like ten months. And I mean, it seemed for the first three months that I was never going to get a client. Like, just having a client consistently that, um, I mean, that pays you a fee that, you know. Because you're not you just depending yourself. on yourself. You know, you're depending on somebody else to, yeah, to show have up that all drive the time and, and show up, you know. So, yeah. And I mean, now that I have eight is like, I mean, way, it's a pretty big improvement. But How often d- would you say that you're like working? I work about like 45 hours a week, I think. Is that between the personal training on the side and LVAC? Yeah. Okay. With both of them, like 45. And then, like, on top of that, I write people training plans online. So, I do online coaching, too. And then I write people meal plans. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know how much. Probably close to 50 hours, like, doing everything. So, yeah. I mean, it was a big jump from only working, like, 16 hours a week for LVAC when I started. That was all I was doing. Yeah. And then, yeah. You, you know what's crazy? We're kind of talking about jobs is kind of on the same topic. Is I feel, in especially in Las Vegas, what happens is when this, with the Strip, it's so enticing in the in the sense where people can get in and make some really good money. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's hard for people who are under 21 because it limits options, you know, a yeah. lot from bartender to dealing to anything, really. Um, betting industry. Um, but what I'm trying to get at is, like, I feel like a lot of people, they have these dreams and aspirations. They want to do something, but then they get in on the strip or they get in somewhere good or maybe car salesman. They're making, you know, 70, 80000 90, $100,000, and they're like, oh, shit, this is nice, but then mm-hmm. they never go back to school because then they're yeah. caught up in this, like, oh, they're getting the money, but then eventually it goes down the road and they get trapped kind of, you know, because then mm-hmm. they have a family. It's too late now. Yeah, it's never too late, but... It's such a good industry here. That's why people... Yeah, and that's even, like, with my job. Like, I sell furniture, and I, there's still people there that do it as, like, their career. Like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. people that make, like, a like 60K a year, 70K there's, there's a always going to be people like, like that. Like, at my job, working the same position I am. Yeah, which is, which is good money. We're not saying that. Yeah, we're not saying that. But, like... And, like, I don't know. Like, my main thing about it is, it's, like them to make that they have to work like like a lot. a lot of people work like 60 hours a week yeah that's insane they work like open to close or like whatever yeah. and it's all because they want that commission and i see a lot of people like getting kind of like wrapped up in the whole sales mentality and like oh i'll even come off on my off days to make sales blah 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 i'm like damn like Dang. yeah like, like what do you if you're making all this money like what are you spending it on I think my only problem with that is the intention behind it. So, like I said, I feel like those people get in and they just never get out when they never wanted to get in all the way in the first place. Like, they had other plans with their life or wanted to fall into their career path. Because, to be honest, bro, how many people do you know that are like, hey, I want to sell furniture for a living? Like no that, one. And that's it. No. Okay, good for those people. That's what I'm saying, the intention behind it. If you... If you're going in with that goal, that's cool. But if you just get caught up in something and then never follow through with what you actually want to do, then what are you doing? Yeah, and that's definitely most people. Like, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, how many people do you know that work at the fucking grocery store that are 70 years old? 
or 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 younger than that because 70 yeah. some of those people like, get jobs because and yeah I'm, like bored but no like i even know like i have a friend's mom who has worked at like i forgot it's either walmart or smith's and like her whole life and it's not necessarily a bad thing but like when i'm like 40 50 and i'm looking at whatever i'm doing i hope and i pray like that whatever i'm doing is something that i'm like intensely passionate about and something that i could have seen myself doing at this age yeah and that's all on you dude and like you only like i know like i've probably said this a thousand times you really only have one life like you you only have one one life yeah yolo dude and (laughs) and like it just kind of like baffles me how people like can live with the thought of like oh seldom settle I'll work 60, 60 or, or 30 to 60 years doing the same thing that I'm probably not even that passionate about, but, you know, I make a normal amount of money. I feel so. like I've talked, we talked about this on the first podcast yeah. uh, where I gave that story about like my dad telling me to never settle and like I am tired of seeing people constantly settle and I wasn't talking about like in a family aspect, I was talking about like when you want to do something and then you don't do it because in my opinion, I feel like there's no obstacles in the way that people are being stopped from doing what they're doing on a basic level. I'm not talking about there's not obstacles that make it harder, but I'm not saying there's obstacles that make you not be able to do anything unless it's, you know, disability related. Yeah, man. Um, It's true. No, like it's completely true. Yeah. The, the biggest thing is just, it's, it's hard to start something like you're passionate about. That's why, I mean, really no, no one that, almost no one that I know is doing something that they're passionate about, like making a, like a career out of it. Like how many people do you know that followed like their dreams, like what they've always wanted to do? Yeah, right away. Well, unfortunately things are so money centered that, you know, like even me, like, do you think I want to work at the spa? No, I wouldn't. I never saw myself working at a spa in a million years. I like it because I like the people and I like it because it pays good for the work I'm doing. Um, but at the end of the day, like I'm going to school, but at the same time, I really don't know what I'm doing with school because I'm really not putting my full attention into that. Like, obviously, I know I'm going to school. I'm going to finish school. Um, but th- this is the issue. I know, especially for me, is because for the listeners that don't uh, know what I want to do, I want to open my own business that most likely will be in the media or automotive field. Um, but on a broad sense, entrepreneurship, which is really hard because, like I said, you don't need to. Deg- I said this on the last podcast. You don't need a degree to be an entrepreneur. You know, mm-hmm. honestly, if you want to break it down, you really only need money. Yeah. Uh, because I'm not saying an entrepreneur has to be successful, but if I had money, I could do what I wanted to do or had investors or anything like that. So that's like the difficult situation I'm in is because like without experience or a degree, you're not really going to make enough money to fund yourself as an entrepreneur or even, you know, fund yourself on an adult aspect. And then, like I said, going to school is kind of redundant in the sense where my degree isn't getting me what I want, but that education necessarily may be. So... It's difficult. It's like hard for me to find the motivation to go to school and, you know, put my full attention into something. At this point, I feel like looking in the future of school, I've honestly not applied myself 100%. My grades have definitely reflected that um, in my procrastination as well. But like I've always said, I think that there's um, also other ways to get, you know, more experience in what I want to do. And for me to take five years to finish school is not a big deal for me. You know, versus four. I'm not in a rush yeah, whatsoever. No, no. I can completely relate to that because, like, right now I'm not necessarily, like, super into school. Like, I go to school. I'm still taking, like, somewhat basic basic classes. I'm not really taking anything with, like, 
that's major oriented and I'm kind of just like coasting it's not really doing anything that's like super like interesting or doing anything that's something that I, I really care about but I'm like just going just because I know I should go you know yeah, that's crazy that you said that. So you think it's, like, indirectly helping your career? <clears throat> Me? Yeah, like, it's just going to be a bonus? Yeah, so I think the education... So I declared my... I may change the uh, the double in it, but I declared entrepreneurship. So obviously what that entails is, you know, everything from marketing to management to the international side of things to um, English, communications, language, statistics. Literally everything you could think of because an entrepreneurship or entrepreneur has to know it all. Um, which is kind of why I chose that degree, because even if, even if I want to get into business management, I feel like that entrepreneurship um, degree is really going to help me um, overwhelming with that. Because um, this is the thing. If you don't know how college is structured, especially in, in the business field, literally those last three to six classes are the only difference. This is, this is um, increasingly true in business degrees. So if I get a business and marketing degree or if I get a business and management degree, literally I'm going to take all those same accounting and statistics and management classes um economics and all of this for both degrees but it's just those last three or six classes that are like you know what counts? focused right you know if you're getting business of uh accounting or whatever mm-hmm. boom those last six ones are focused on that but like i was saying for the education aspect i think that's the only reason i'm really going to school i'm not really going for the degree which is insane because i've always told myself that i think it's super super important to get a degree um especially if you want to get in a specific field that you know it may not require a degree right now, but I feel like most, you know, yeah. like even like to become a police officer now, like they want an associate's degree. Yeah. You know, and they never wanted that or before. Or a bachelor's, right? Some, some academy. I think it's associates, but, but either way, they never wanted one before. Yeah. Now they do. No, yeah, so, that's crazy, dude. I mean, yeah, I think there is some value in getting a degree regardless of what your degree is on a financial standpoint, but on like a, like a, like on a realistic standpoint, I don't necessarily know. If you, if you get a degree, if it's really going to be that big of a change. yeah, It like, depends on what it's in, too. Yeah, in my career, like, there's this... Like, I've seen it happen where some trainers have a... Um, like a nutrition... A, yeah, a bachelor's degree in kinesiology, and they don't really know that much. Like, well, f- for your profession, too, it also doesn't really apply too much. Because no. there's no nobody stopping you. If you work for a company, maybe. But if you're doing an independent, yeah. you know, it's not like you're telling yourself, oh, I need a degree to do this. Like, Yeah, like I've spent like so many hours just learning on my own, like reading books and like listening to podcasts, watching videos of everything to do with like health, nutrition, uh, strength and conditioning. And I don't know. I feel like the time I put in like learning directly instead of going to school was better for like my field specifically but there are some really good trainers that have bachelor's degrees so i mean i guess I, it depends i don't necessarily think that i think you could but i don't think those people that like are going to school are just going to school and learning just that i think they they're obviously probably doing what you're doing also like also researching outside of school you learn so Maybe, much more yeah. in school like outside of the degree like time management and you know yeah. how to you know, literally grow up so fast like it's not just the education you're learning there's so much more management skills like on a basic level of just managing yourself but 
I don't know. I think this is my best advice. Like, if you're going to college, go in with realistic expectations and, real, like, a realistic outcome as well. So, a lot of people are like, oh, if I go to college and get this degree, I'm going to get a job outside of college. Like, right away. No, that's not how it happens in most cases. It takes a um, long time. Yeah, it takes a long time. And then, and this is also the other side of things. People are going to get a fucking degree in lesbian dance theory and expect <laughs> to make, you know, $100,000 a year. Like, you have to understand, like, you know, as a capitalistic economy... <clears throat> like it yeah it's just not gonna work like that there's no demand for a lesbian dance theory teacher what the fuck is that but i don't, I don't ryan know, probably knows <laughs> no there's i've heard some like pretty weird um degrees that are out right now but like all right come on like even a fucking communications degree like that's what people get when they don't know exactly what they want to get and then it just doesn't apply to much like people are like oh you know like if anything i would say get a business degree because I think it it that's ultimately what a lot of people are doing right yeah. now. And yeah, that's a that's a pretty smart choice. The I mean, business degree and everything. Yeah. <laughs> the business degree gets such a bad rap too, though, because like everybody's like, oh, you know, what degree are you? What ma- what are you majoring in? Oh, business. Oh, and then yeah. they kind of turn their head because you know. Because everyone does. I it. think it's just basic, you know. Yeah. Business and psychology a little bit. A lot of people did psychology just I think a because lot of people... a lot of people. Like others are doing it. I Dude. think a lot of people go into psychology and then change their major. Dude, I realized. On my last podcast, I was trying to talk about psychiatrists, like mm-hmm. a therapist, and I was talking about, and I kept saying psychologist when I was listening back well, to it's it. It's like, I mean, it, they, they're they very, the very similar. Yes. They just psychiatrists give medication. Yes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, because I was talking about somebody who's trying to be a psychiatrist but can't fucking listen to save their life. So I don't understand really? how they're going to be a psychiatrist. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no names dropped. Yeah, it's kind of the thought. Like, <laughs> some people are like, they go into things thinking like, like I think there's when you pick your career, you should go into something you really care about, and maybe that person really cares about um, being a psychologist, but you should also take into consideration like what your personal skills are, and if your person one of your personal skills isn't like, like like being empathetic, um, being able to listen to people, and being a people person or whatever, you that's probably not something. Even if you are passionate about it, something you should be good in. Because you're not really adding much, um, you're not really adding value much to value what you're doing to, yeah. to your profession. Yeah, and I, I don't know. And it's interesting because you didn't even like mention the money aspect of it. Because I feel like a lot of people are money driven, and and you should be, um, in my opinion. But like I'm saying, you should always do something that you are passionate about, like Ryan was saying. Because at the end of the day, there's so many ways to make money that yeah. I feel like you can always do what you want to do. And if there's, if it doesn't make enough money, you can always make money another way. Yeah. You know, I think money is important when it's a life or death situation or it's a situation where you have to make money or you have something that needs to be paid for, um, like bills, whatever. And like, if you need to obviously make enough to supply yourself with those comfortability or comfortabilities and be able to, um like live with those things but i don't think it like past that you have to make that much money to be able to live a life that you enjoy my biggest thing would just be having purpose in what you do i I know a lot of people like don't necessarily care like as long as they make a good amount of money they're good but that's something that's really let's break that down why are people good when they you know uh for what you just fuck dude (laughs) i just stuttered like motherfucker so anyways like i was saying so why do people say that's good um well if you think about it the way you worded it was if you make enough money to do what you want to do then you're good that's how people 
um, perceive it. Well, isn't that true, though? Because if I made enough money to do exactly what I want to do in life and achieve all the things I want to do, because a lot of things do cost money and a lot of things that you can't do and can do are caused by money. So if I had enough money to do what I wanted to do, we'll leave that to whatever interpretation mm-hmm. you want, you know, wouldn't I be achieving my purpose? You would, kind of, but, but not your purpose in life to what like you want to do. And like in my description would be purpose and how you're going to give back to the world or like what you're going to do. Okay. Like what's your part I don't in this life? I think I kind of disagree with both stances because my thing is, is there's no real guidelines to life. Like I don't necessarily believe that there's like a specific guideline that everyone needs to follow other than moral guidelines like, but that's it yeah but like what mm-hmm. is morality like it's a construct it's something that's created within our society well, yeah, we all we think that a... killing people is bad yeah but we therefore need that's a moral standard it is but we need to pass like certain things like that like like i don't necessarily think that your value in life necessarily has to be important to society I think um, it would be really helpful. It would be helpful, important but it doesn't necessarily who, mean that it's the right way to go. Like, important. There's no specific, like, there's no one telling you, oh, this is it. This is what you have to do. This is, this is. Like, no, this. no, no one says it, but I, I think that would be something necessary because, like, we all know people that don't do shit, like, Important at to all. who? Important to yourself or important to society? What you're doing? Yeah. Cause, like, like think, in whose opinion were we well, talking because, about like, there? Because, well, I was kind of talking just, like, in general, but, yeah. like, let's just, like, take, for example, someone who we probably, I'm not, like, this isn't a person I know, but um, just just a random person. So we definitely know yeah, this person. Yeah, we definitely know this person. Just drop um, a name. Um, someone who is, like, probably not doing shit with their life, okay. but they're okay with the way they're living or they're happy. Does that make them wrong? Or... Okay, so that was my point. So that per let's just talk about, we'll, we'll call them Z. So Z personally thinks that... His importance, you know, is fine. He it, it doesn't matter in his opinion. By not doing anything. Yes. Okay. But like what I was saying is that outside that perceived value, whether it's society or people around him, friends, family, whatever it may be, you know, think that his importance is not there. So which one should we care about? We should we care, care about both about or should we care more about his? But that's I my thing. Both. Is yeah, I think both as well, because like the basis of society is to be, you know, a productive member. Yeah, productive member of that said society. So if you're not in everybody else's perceived value, then are you really being, you know? But what's the, like, what's the point? Like, is there, like, a specific reason why we have to give everything, like, a societal value? Like, like a lot of things in society that we find important in, like, our society or in the grand scheme of things aren't all that important. Like what? Um, specifically, like, certain things in politics, like... Um, there's no reason why we need to have a party system. There's not like a specific. There's well, like there's a, there's a, there's theories of why like it's important, but it's not something that's been like completely like we haven't tested all. You talking all about the sides. bipartisan system? Yeah, like why do we have a bar- uh-huh. bipartisan system? And not 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 just necessarily that, or like like why do we provide some like people with unnecessary technology? That not not necessarily is going to change the value of their life because there's certain there's certain technologies that regardless of like like what its purpose is it's not really going to add certain like value to your life after a certain point i think i disagree with you i mean i agree with you on the technology yeah yeah that's true i do think there are pretty useless things but i disagree with you on the bipartisan system part of that because i feel that you know your view of that is different than mine which is fine but i believe that 
I think that there's huge flaws in the bipartisan system. And if you don't know what we're talking about, you know, we're to narrow it down as easy as possible. Damn, bro, I muted this phone twice. So, anyways, <laughs> my bad. So, Republican versus Democrat. Um, that bipartisan system pits it against each other. But I feel like that if we didn't have that, there wouldn't be as much debate or discussion or compromises, always that ultimate goal that we want out of this system. So in my opinion, I think that is very well needed, especially in a political system that affects a nation, that we need that that constant discourse between one another and that constant fight between one party versus the other to find compromise or find middle ground or to find you know what's best for the majority. I- I'd like to disagree with that point based solely on the fact that, um, well, not solely, but based on the fact that compromise is somewhat into the 90% impossible with the bipartisan system because there's very little compromise that goes on. And, okay, and, I agree and with it's you on that. And it's a system that doesn't allow compromise because regardless of your decision, you're making half 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 the world, whether it be the 50% that's Republican, 50% Democrat, if we're just speaking in broad terms, unhappy with your decision, and they're just going to have to live with the decision that only provides um, that only provides value for their party. Okay, so let's break that down one by one. So the first one was, shit, what'd you say? That, repeat what you said the first one. What do you mean? All right, okay. never mind. We'll go with the second one. <laughs> so you were saying that at the end of the day, you do have to pick one side over the other. And that's unfair because, you know, it's almost impossible for us to, you know, compromise. I don't necessarily think you have to pick a side, but I'm saying when things are voted upon, it only helps one side. You you can not pick a side by not voting. Okay, so for a perfect example right now, so like the House and the Senate are controlled by different parties. Yeah. So... Let's just say the president wants to push something through and then, you know, the Senate denies that because it opposes their opinion. So they're like, okay, you need to fix this and then, you know, we'll relook at it. So then they implement things from the other side, you know, hence compromise. I'm not saying it's a full compromise, but they may implement things from the other side so that they can get their main policy pushed through. And then it obviously gets pushed through by the House because, you know, the Republicans, you know, weren't in control of the House, but now it's switched. Um the first part, like you were saying, I think that the system in theory is supposed to create compromise, but do I think that it's always carried out that way? No. I think that people do things for their own political gain, especially, you know, related to the Democratic Party. <clears throat> but um, I think that the system in theory was created to find that compromise. Do I think that it's being carried out that way at the current moment? Maybe not. I don't necessarily, I, I disagree with with um somewhat of the statement just because you're saying that like the overall goal is for compromise i don't necessarily believe that's true because the overall goal i think is to find what's best for the majority and that often is compromise let me be careful about my words i mean compromising the doing something for majority and compromising i don't necessarily think that correlates i think if you do something for the majority then Yes, you're helping the majority, but not, you're not necessarily compromising with something. Well, you may be compromising, for example, if you know a Republican is in office and the betterment of society calls for something that the left side shows that's compromised for the right side, but it's not for the left. But so there's going to be compromise for somebody, right? It is, but it's it's a very like low chance of happening. Like There's very little things that happen under a Republican system that are Democrat 
like pushed unless like unless they control the house yeah the unless they, they, they control some sort of or they have some sort of power and okay so you know what's funny about that is like you're saying i do agree with you not a lot of shit gets pushed through from the other side because like i said it's a constant battle between both sides um and obviously if one controls the house of the senate they're not going to push through something they want to you know that opposes their political views um but that's also the issue i feel like it almost becomes a stalemate especially now that you know in trump's presidency i feel like he tried to get as much done as he could in his first year but you know midterm elections didn't go you know the rights way um per se so i feel like it's going to be almost a stalemate for the rest of his presidency on getting things pushed through that we're already in the works um you know because they're not going to get pushed through the house but uh yeah we'll see what happens so I mean, I mean, I mean, just on the statement, they're like, yeah, I mean, there's things that are aren't going to be done, but that's not necessarily how things should be done. Like, if we, I personally believe, if we didn't have the 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 two party system, it would throw away a lot of guidelines, which would be one of the negative things of it. But Bro. it would also like affect the way like society is ran in general. So what do you suggest that we implement instead of a bipartisan system? An open party system. Explain for the listeners. Well, I mean, I don't necessarily know. And me as well. I don't know the exact plan. I'd have to do, like, more, like, research on it. But I feel as if everyone who's elected, um, I, I mean, I don't even know if it's possible within our society because we have been, like, kind of conformed into this two-party system and people... Um, who are in politics and get those donors to create more money for them um, all have guidelines based directly like one side against the other. And so I don't necessarily know if there is a solution, but the solution that I would try to recommend would be um, an open party system where every politician would wouldn't be party affili- affiliated. So they don't have to declare a party affiliation, yeah, yeah, but I, they could if they wanted to. I mean, it's just kind of how it is now, but nest, but we have to focus more on voting people in that aren't so necessarily party. Would you think the issue is the system itself or the handed. way we perceive it? So I know I've mentioned this on my podcast before and maybe on here. Um, I've always said that there's a huge implicit bias when it comes to politics, you know. And the example I've always given is if you're walking down the street and you, you know, trying to engage in a conversation with somebody and that person asks you what affiliation you are for, it doesn't have to be just politics, whatever it may be, that's going to sway their opinion no matter what in whatever way. That's my personal opinion. And I feel that, you know, happens, you know, 90% of the time, um, if not more. Like I, to go in on more specific details, I think that the issue with that is, is if we had an open system, that's cool. Um, but I think the way that we perceive it and the way we perceive each other and perceive the other side is the real, real issue. Because like I said, if I'm sitting across from a Democrat right now and then we engage in a discussion about whatever it may you be, are. like abortion. Um, well, I am I'm actually. <laughs> so um, if We're if I engage in a conversation about abortion, I already know typically or stereotypically what their viewpoint may be or their tactics or anything like that. So you sway your argument, you sway your opinion, your emotions. Everything is going to be completely swayed in a different direction just because I know their affiliation of something now. Okay, so you know how we were talking about morality in, within a society earlier in the podcast? Let's bring ethics, which is a very, like, which is a stem off of morality. Okay. And think about ethically. Well, things that are ethical or moral, right? Yeah. Um. So ethically, do you think it's it's right for people to go against um, go against their beliefs for the 
thought of it helping or falling in line with the majority of their beliefs. So say, for example, someone who's Republican but also agrees that abortion should be legal or marijuana is okay, do you think that if they're voting for some if they're voting for someone who's Republican and votes against those things, doesn't that go against their, their common beliefs and isn't that ethically wrong? Well, okay. Ethically in the sense okay, so or I get what you're getting at. Yeah. So I get what you're getting at. So if I declare my affiliation to be Republican and then I oppose those views, is that unethical in that sense because I've declared my affiliation and then went against those views? Maybe. But also your decisions come down to morality. So on the abortion issue per se, um, you, you know, you're either pro-life or pro-choice. So some people think it's immoral to, you know, kill babies because they should be treated as a life form or at least a potential life form. Or some people think it's unmoral to control a female's body and tell them that they cannot terminate a pregnancy within the first trimester. So on both sides, you're or arguing morality, which obviously comes down to ethics at the end of the day. So if I'm opposing my own affiliation, I guess it's unethical in the sense where I'm opposing that affiliation that I've declared myself with, but I'm also defending my own morality, you know, by choosing something on the other side because I'm, like I said, I think everything should come down to morality. I don't think that's wrong, though. No, I don't think it's wrong either. Okay. Because oh, me personally... Um, it's situational, though. I I'm not going to go into the abortion because I think that the abortion argument in itself is idiotic. I think that what it comes down to, is it a life or is it not? That's what we should argue. We should not argue if we should be controlling a woman's body or not. All we need to figure out is if, as, as a majority, do we consider that a life form or a potential life form, a symbiotic body, or not. That's mm -hmm. it. Because if we do, then obviously we should not, you know, terminate babies. And if we don't, or if we don't within a certain amount of time, first trimester, second trimester, whatever, yeah, you know, I, that gets I, defined as. I don't think that's, that's cool. always, like, necessarily the argument, though. It's, like, how many kids are there in, um, in like, foster homes right now? Like, let's say... True. Okay, it is a potential life, so it's not even a life yet, since it's potentially going to be, become mm -hmm. a life. Can we take care of that life once it comes into this world, or w will it suffer its whole life because it was set up in a, in, here, like, in a okay, bad so context? Okay, so let me ask you a question. So should we... Should we determine if something is a life because it is a life or it is not a life, or should we determine if something is a life because it's a burden or not a burden because i feel like a lot of people use that argument where they should terminate something because they feel that they cannot financially stabilize something or they cannot take care of a kid um then those precautions should have been taken care of before that circumstance um i don't really have an opinion on either side of this but i'm you know just trying to bring up some people's points but like i was saying is is should we consider something to not be a life just because it burdens somebody else's because then we're getting in some tricky water. Because this is the thing. The argument comes down to, like I said, is it or is it not a human or a life, potential life, whatever way you want to put it? Or is it not? And it's so hard to figure that out because, you know, okay, so if we go off of brain activity, okay, when you sleep, your brain activity is lowered. Or when you're in a coma, you have little to none brain mm -hmm. activity. So those yeah. people not as human as a baby is. Or if we break it down to a heartbeat. Yes, you know, babies have a heartbeat as early as weeks, within weeks of their pregnancy. But some people that are in a coma or on pacemakers, you know, they don't have a natural heartbeat. So are those people not as human? You can't use those arguments or those clarifications to draw that clear line. So that's the sticky situation with the argument. You think so? But, like, this wouldn't this be different just because they're actually alive already? 
Uh, like they're actually alive. So the other here's is a potential life. All right. It's well, not if you want me to, thing. if you want me to declare my views on or what I would like my views to be on abortion, I think that it. So I would consider myself Republican or moderate, um, per se, because I don't really like to, you know, brand limit my yeah brand myself thing. to one specific thing, um, especially because I'm just about to approach these topics that are more of a democratic view. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely pro-choice. Um, but this is the issue with me. I think that it needs to be within a smaller time period than it is now, like within maybe that half mark, because there has been cases of people, you know, finding heartbeats or brain activity on babies, you know, within that first, um, trimester. Mm -hmm. And I think that if something is a potential life form, um, with it's, uh, being able to follow through with its, um, common, what am I trying to say? Fucking proceedings. Like if nothing happens, Mm -hmm. then it will become a, a life. So mm-hmm. that's my issue. I think that people open up that discussion for a longer period of time, and I'm just not cool with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a good point. Yeah. It's a good point. But it's something the, to talk about. But the least. hard thing with me, though, too, is like I also am pro-life because, like I said, I don't think that we should define something just because it's a burden on somebody else. Like if I had a kid right now, yes, I wouldn't have want to have a kid right now. But at the end of the day, should I be able to terminate that baby just because I was stupid enough to have a kid? Um, when I wasn't ready for one and I'm not saying accidents don't happen, but like, obviously there's precautions that everybody could take and not most of us do. Um, and then we get caught up, but I don't know, man. Kind of the discussion all kind of steered off into like specifics, but kind of the discussion that we're having is like, these are all party affiliated things. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're def- you're not def- I guess I wouldn't say you're defending the bipartisan system, but you're justifying like the yeah. I'm not for defending it. it by any means because I think it's very very corrupt. But I am justifying you're justifying the the, the, the use the and the implement implement implementation implementa- of it. Implementation. Yeah, man. Uh, it. I, but well, like, I would like to disagree on the fact of it being a tool in our society just because. Regardless of everything you do, everything you do is based upon situational ethics. And so you do certain things based upon the certain situation you're in. Okay. And if you really look at the average person, very many people are not, very many people are not ethical. Yeah. I feel like mm-hmm. almost 85% of people in our society are moral, but I would say about... 50% of people are truly ethical. Okay, so how do you define the difference between those two? Because I feel like they often overlap with each other. Like, being ethical and being moral can often mean the same are, thing. Are you saying it's because your moral, <clears throat> your morals are well aligned with your actions? Well, okay, so morality, if we're just defining it, um, ethics are um, basically your day-to-day guidelines of what's right and wrong. Um, but the difference between that and morality is morality is based upon... Um, well, technically, like the the real term of it is based, and it's a Bible term, and it's based upon things that are right and wrong in the sight of God. So the sight of God being murder. Yeah, or um, or if you don't believe in God in a general sense. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like that's all yeah. kind of been more derived. Yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of like directing it to how it works in, within our society today. Um, but there is a big difference between the two because I genuinely think I'm very, very moral. But I don't necessarily think that I'm ethically, like, Sound. correct. Because yeah. if you look at ethics, ethics are so oh, they're so complex because certain people have certain different 
ethics than another person. So my ethics and your ethics are probably two different things. Yeah. Like, I probably think, like, ethically that it is completely okay to have tattoos and piercings wherever you want in a business area because I don't necessarily yeah. think that that's something okay. that's going okay. to affect somebody else's life. And okay. I don't necessarily think that if, it's, if you think that certain things like that have been put a construct, there's been a construct put within our society to demonize the thought of differences. Mm-hmm. Or like even smoke. All right. Smoking marijuana is probably an easier example. So like Ryan probably thinks it's ethical or not unethical. Um, he probably d- wouldn't say it's ethical, but it's not unethical in his opinion to uh, smoke weed. But in a general sense, especially, you know, 20 years ago, it was unmoral to smoke weed or to inhibit yourself in those things yeah it was immoral to it was immoral to do anything that altered your state of mind and that's still something that is tied in with morality and um a lot of people try to say well if you um if you do one thing then your whole opinion or sight of morality and ethics are completely construed so say i smoke weed does that mean like if I, if I follow all the other guidelines, am I, am I moral or am I immoral? Because I don't necessarily think if that's the point, if that's the case, which a lot of people try to say is the case, and even in our society, the party system kind of aligns with that, um, does that necessarily make someone um, immoral? Because then if so, then 95% of the people in the So world let me are redirect that back to you. Do you think that you can be unethical in my opinion, or do you think you can only be immoral in my opinion? Since moral morality is a general sense a general consensus um in america or western civilization civilization do you understand what i'm saying or like you probably can't be unethical in my opinion because you define your own ethics i believe that i agree with you um that that statement is somewhat true um but i don't think that ethics can be um determined basically within like a set certain certain set of guidelines so i don't think necessarily like like i think i'm ethical but in you your probably, opinion because you, you defined those because i i defined my own ethics because ethics are situational and you um probably don't think i'm necessarily not saying you actually don't think that but just saying in like an example term you probably might not think i'm ethical based on because i don't follow these guidelines that you find ethical yeah so like here's an example so say like ryan needed something and he didn't have the means to get something so he stole it now, he wouldn't say that's ethical, but in his own sense, he needed to do it out of necessity. Maybe it was for his own livelihood or, or a child's or something. So he did it. Now, on that moral standard, obviously that's immoral because stealing is immoral in the biblical version and in you know civilization's um, interpretation of morality. But it may have not been unethical to him because he needed to or because he felt he didn't affect anybody. Uh, yeah, it makes yeah. sense. And so it I, just depends on the situation, basically. Yeah, ethics yeah, are more situational. Morality is like a defined term by, you know, the majority. Yeah. I think that's important that that is taken into consideration in law. But in law, there's, like, set certain amount of rules. Obviously, there's certain judges or court systems that have changed a decision based upon the situation. But yeah, or, or but even society a, as well. Yeah, even a society. Society as well. con- construction becomes redefined. Um, but the main question I have is like, what are the actual guidelines? There's no specific guidelines, and this kind of ties back into my opinion on. Um, it kind of goes 
back to my opinion on like the party system. It goes back to my opinion on party system because there's no specific set of guidelines of what's right and wrong. So necessarily, you could have an opinion, and just because that opinion isn't the majority opinion, does that mean you're wrong? If like no. say sixty percent of the world thinks that abortion is okay and forty percent of the world thinks it's, that it's not okay, does that mean that no? 40% I don't think it's wrong? between right and wrong, but like I said, I think the ultimate goal of politics and the ultimate goal of big government is to achieve what's best for the majority. With that being said, I'm not saying what the majority says or what they vote for is always right or wrong because I don't think it's a the a matter of right and wrong. I think it's what you know needs to be done for that majority, um, which which is a sticky situation as well because that majority could be a close majority, like it could be you know fifty to fifty one forty nine or you know vice versa on something. So it's very minuscule in comparison. But like I said, you want to improve as much life as possible for as many people as you can. So that being said, the majority rules, literally. Does that give them, like, open up windows for there to be, like, discrimination against uh, the other side? Yeah. Um, okay, so this is my thing. If, if we want to talk about discrim- discrimination, prejudice, racism, and all of that, I think, in my opinion, that there's no systematic racism or discrimination. I don't think that on a systematic level or, you know, um, to define that more specifically on a law level, we don't have any laws or anything in the books that discriminates or has a prejudice or is racist against one specific person, place, group, thing. But let me just finish real quick. Um, but I do think that there is definitely personal racism, personal prejudice, personal discrimination definitely. within and business, that, within on a personal level. The people who are creating the laws, they're not necessarily creating laws, or the people that are instilling the laws if there's racism within them and they're part of the system doesn't that mean there is systematic racism um yes but if you were to all right so if you believe that then name one law that is prejudiced towards one group but if they're within the system that means they're part of the system so you're trying to okay so i'm relating it to in in the broad sense not necessarily saying I, I disagree or agree with you. I'm kind of playing devil's advocate. To you're, you're just the topic. asking. No, I honestly don't think we have any systematic racism whatsoever. This is the thing because there's so many checks and balances in politics that we it just would not be allowed. And especially coming from a hundred years ago when we did have systematic racism till now, I think that the majority agrees we don't have systematic racism. Like I'm saying, there there is people in position of power that are racist and can do racist things and can you know, change the narrative of something. But on a a political level, I think there's so many numbers to where we can't do that. And I think that there's, I know that there's still a majority of um, non-minority groups within government. So obviously people argue that um, there's more discrimination towards minorities, which is obviously true. But like I'm saying on a systematic and a law level, no. Um, Just because I think everything, like I said, I think everything comes down to morality. And I think that, or I would like to think. This is the thing. Let me get this out of the air. So I would rather be wrong at the end of the day about something that's positive than rather be right against something that's rather be right about something that's negative. So for example, so the flat earth theory versus, you know, a globe. Um, you know, if you believe that okay, so for example, let me compare these two. So if I believe that the earth was flat and everybody knows that, you know, the uh, the way we're taught is that it's round or oblique or whatever. Um, and then at the end of the day, if that per- those people that thought it were flat were right, 
we have more issues on our hands than those people that thought it was round and were wrong. So you get what I'm saying? I'd rather be wrong about something that's positive in a general sense than something that's negative because at the end of the day, those people that think that the earth is flat and then if it's right at the end of the day, we have so many more issues on our hand, you know, that the government, the education system has been entirely lying to us for how many years? You yeah. know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'd rather not be right about something like that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you. Another example like that intense. I can't think of like any other scenario where it's something, you know, as dramatic going on right now. Oh, oh, okay, like the moon landing. If you think it happened or it didn't, you know, the government says it happened. And then at the end of the day, if it didn't, okay, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? And that that's kind of a tricky. Okay, here's another one, like the JFK assassination, because there is definitely a huge majority on, you know, the opposition of the government. But mm-hmm. the government says that, you know, Lee Harvey Oswald killed JFK, shot him. There was, you know, however many shots fired, like all the statistics. At the end of the day, if that is wrong, there's so many more issues on your yeah. hand. And you know, like because the government one. has lied to you for, you know, 40 years now. And, you and know, with that one, that, that one's a big one because it really doesn't seem like the government's telling the truth. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. The yeah. opposition, I think, is more heavyweight. And I don't I don't agree with that situation. Because the moon landing was a bad a bad um, example because, I, to be honest, I don't think we land on the moon mm-hmm. um, for obvious reasons. Yeah, the footage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you saw the footage, yeah. But um, that's a bad example. But like I said... It's at the end of the day, it's good to be right. You feel good about being right. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I do things for majority and for morality. So for me, at the end of the day, if I thought the earth was flat right now, and then 10 years from now, we find out the earth is flat and the government's been lying to us, I would have rather been wrong and saying the earth was round. Because yeah. now, you know, we have so many more issues on our hands that the government's been lying to us for years, and now what do we do? Yeah, yeah for the moment, <laughs> it's terrible, but it's good for your ego. Just Exactly, because right. I was, oh, it's right, but okay, now we're all fucked. Yeah. Even you, yeah, that, makes that sense. believed it was flat, like yeah. because everybody's been lying to you. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that's crazy shit, bro. I mean, that kind of just depicts, like, what is and what isn't, like, ethical in general. Yeah. Kind of just, kind of just... There's no, there's no specific guideline of like what is or what isn't in it. Like and it's with always everything, change. yeah, and everything's always changing. So there's not necessarily. I'm about to take a piss while these dudes, you know, continue nah, to talk. you're good. Actually, um, we're about nearing the end of the podcast. Oh shit! Well then I'll wait. I'll wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are going to end the podcast here. Um, go ahead and throw out your uh, social media handles. Social media handles and closing thoughts. All right. Uh, my social media handle on everything is Cameron underscore game, C-A-M-E-R-O-N underscore game, G-A-M-E. Um, but, yeah, closing thoughts, man. Uh, I think that, you know, there's so many cliches that we're told when we're younger, like, oh, follow your dreams, you know, um, respect is key, or, you know, uh, don't believe everything you're told. And I think that last one such a huge um, has such a huge resonation in especially my life, especially growing up. Um, cause I feel like we grew up in that time period where we had social media when you're, you know, when we're older, like on a modern level and a, uh, before we didn't, because when we were growing up, we still emailed, like I know y'all emailed each other. Um, and now we have text messages and whatnot. So everything we've kind of gotten both sides of that. And I think that so many people just believe what they see or what they told are told because, most of the things you see are on a majority level or on a 
uh, infamous level. So especially for Twitter, for example, like Ryan was saying earlier, when you see something retweeted, especially about politics, you know, that was most often one person's opinion and then other people favorited it and you get that, you know, traffic on your thing now. So I think everybody just needs to look into things for themselves and think for themselves. Um, obviously have others in mind when you're thinking and making decisions and um, proceeding with those actions. But like I said, if you're not thinking for yourself, if you're just pulling other people's opinions or views, I think that's a pretty uh, flawed idea. Yeah, before I was thinking how the influence of social media, like imagine if we didn't have it, how many like people's opinions would be different? Well, you'd actually have to go find stuff Without out for yourself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I wonder I if that would be good or bad, though. I'm guessing good, but... I think that technology in a general sense is very, very good. I think that people are more intellectual intellectual on a general basis and are more wise because they have the opportunity to... They're more exposed. To yeah, more exposed yeah. to all this information. But I think on the big in the big picture of things, I think that people are less intelligent um, for themselves because That's I think that true. they... Um, yeah, I think that they're not as self-reliant anymore. And that's a huge thing that comes into politics for me, because when you really, really break it down, the Republican versus Democratic Party, um, Republican Party believes more in um, self-reliance and mm-hmm. accountability. And that's the big thing for me. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the policies they implement and a lot of the moral things they implement, because it's a huge discussion on morality between left mm-hmm. and right side. Um, I think a lot of in my opinion, I think that you need to be more responsible for yourself and people are often pushing off all that responsibility onto others or onto the government and I just think it's morally wrong in my opinion. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, so right. that, that's that's my issue with the the left. I think everything comes down to morals with them, but then when they're immoral, they, you know, turn their head the other way. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily agree with one or the other side. Yeah, no, but that's a good point. I'm going to make my own shit, honestly. Let's be like, even-handed. Um party no America. man the fringe bro even the even fringe of America. <laughs> i'm gonna drop it on y'all i'm gonna come up with some like super intrinsic value behind that name there somewhat is but i'm gonna drop it in like seventy thousand episodes from now so yeah, y'all have true. to wait that long and then i'm gonna be like oh somebody's gonna be like so why do you call it the fringe and i'm gonna be like well you see back in 1982 yeah back in like 2018 that. on yeah. november 27th isn't, isn't that whole idea crazy is like you you call your parents old and you like dog the fuck out of your parents like oh you're old and like you know you had all this shit and did this shit and you know to find all those differences but then like bro in 30 years from now like your kids are gonna say the same thing to you yeah i can't even picture that it's but, fucking crazy it's right coming. all right yeah coming sooner for some of us all right one, bro. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we're gonna end that here um go ahead and follow the even-handed podcast on twitter at the even-handed pc and on instagram at the even-handed podcast or don't it's cool follow the fringe even though that's not a thing yeah that's not a thing and go ahead and follow me at right tommy one and me on ayuli steven all right guys Thank you for listening. Thank you, Cameron, for being on. Yeah, man, this has been the coldest podcast there is. Yeah, coldest Hashtag the fringe. Hashtag even hand podcast. All right, guys, have a great night. Um, don't do anything don't stupid. Don't forget to exceed and excel. Don't forget to succeed and excel. And, yep, that's don't it. Follow your dreams. Bye, guys. <laughs>